common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. Joining us now is Dr. Bill Parker, retired senior U.S. Naval officer who commanded three warships. First off, uh, Dr. Parker, happy Thanksgiving from uh, Katz and Cosby. Well, thank you very much, and a happy Thanksgiving to you as well. What do you make of the fact that all these groups, um, and they're supposed to be doing this ceasefire with this hostage release at any moment, which would be great news, especially for Thanksgiving, but all these Iranian groups, uh, you know, supported groups, and John's talking about sort of these bin Ladens, they're funding all these terrorists around the world. Now they're firing on another U.S. naval ship. What do we do? Well, remember, we left uh, tens of billions of dollars of equipment uh, and a lot of very well-trained people in Afghanistan. Our, our southern borders are uh, are porous right now, 8 to 10 million unknown coming into our country. Um, look, we have to defend ourselves. These uh, Navy ships are doing a good job doing that. Uh, but the bad guys only have to get it right once, and we have to get it right every time. So in addition to defending the ship and the individuals, if they go ashore, you also have to defend, and they are working to defend those um, ashore in uh, Israel right now as these missiles are being fired or these uh, unmanned vehicles are being fired in that direction. Yeah, so what what do we do? At what point do we say enough? I mean, so far, they've hit our U.S. bases, they've said over 60 times. And the best we've done, uh, we hit, I think, it's like two or three uh, terrorists, uh, low-ranking folks, and I think two empty warehouses, I would say uh, they get a lot more points than we do in terms of the uh, strength of the attacks. Yeah, well, you, you've got to hit them and hit them hard on the, uh, on the on the first time to make it very clear that we're not going to put up with this. Um, at the same time, you don't want to get drug into Thucydides trap uh, where you have a rising power, as Graham Allison has said. Uh, you get a, a rising power that pulls you into a war that you don't want to go into. And that rising power doesn't have to be one individual nation. It can be a a collection of nations. It could be Iran and Russia or Iran and North Korea or Iran and their terrorist groups in North Korea, et cetera. So we have to balance those two of not being pulled into this Thucydides trap and at the same time uh, defending ourselves. And, and deterrence isn't working. Uh, deterrence isn't working because our, our, our military has gotten smaller over the years. We're no longer the largest Navy, as we've talked about. We have the oldest Air Force we've had. Um, we have very old aircraft, et cetera, now. So we, we need to go back and look at this hard. And at the same time, we need to have a deterrence uh, a process that works. We have the capability to say we're not going to put up with it and have immediate strikes back uh, when we're hit. You know, I have a question, too, also for you, Dr. Parker, in terms of strategy with uh, the hostages that are about to be released. It's huge news. Um, obviously, we're thinking some Americans. There's a little girl, Abigail, who turns actually four tomorrow, who's expected to be among the hostages. Let's pray that all this happens. But what do you what what advantage does this give Hamas that they get these they get a one day pause uh, for about 10 hostages. They've agreed to, at least in principle, four or five days, but they still have another 200 more. Are they talking about another? What's going to happen when they say, okay, well, if you wait again, we're going to give you these two, or we're going to give you these. Where does this end? How difficult is this going to put Israel in when they finally, like, you know they're going to be parading these hostages and using them as bargaining chips even more than they do now when uh, when it gets to several more days of ceasefire. That, that gives them such an advantage, uh, the terrorists. Well, absolutely gives them an advantage, and you're, and you're spot on there. It allows um, 
the uh, Hamas individuals and other terrorist organizations to not be set back on their heels, but have a chance to regroup, reestablish themselves, move to other areas. At the same time, you look at the negotiating numbers, just like we spent uh, 8.2 billion per per, I'm sorry, 8.2 million per person uh, when we got the hostages out of um, out of Iran before. Now we're talking about a, a swap where Hamas releases 50 and Israel releases 150. And oh, by the way, during that time, there will be a delay, as you mentioned, in in uh, in forces uh, hitting those targets that need to be hit. So uh, I don't think this is actually the strongest negotiation uh, process. That said, it's wonderful news if you can get um, some some good people out of the area. And I would say it's good news on on both sides if you can get people released that are that were just caught up in this as opposed to actual combatants. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Tears in my eyes when when we see that moment, and hopefully we see it in a matter of hours. Uh, Judge Weinberg, I understand you have a question. But I'm very concerned, Dr. Parker. Some of the people that I've read about from the other side are going to be released. Uh, there weren't actual murders, but there was one uh, young girl's potential suicide bomb wearer, another one uh, attempted murder against an IDF soldier. So you have these young people who've been indoctrinated by Hamas and this terrorist uh, ethos, and you have this situation where they're letting them out again. And the lesson when they let out a thousand Palestinians for one Israeli soldier, he came out and he was one of the architects of this October 7th horrible day of destruction. So I think this exchange of, of hostages is very, very troubling because it seems to me it vindicates Hamas strategy. What say you? Judge, I think you're spot on. I, I think when you look back at the negotiation that happened, uh, you know, six, seven years ago uh, with um, uh, in, in Afghan with the Taliban, et cetera, and you looked at the exchange, they got high end criminals and terrorists and we got back a few people. Uh, every one of those people are important, of course, but the exchange was not even. Uh, the same thing is happening here. And these are in some cases, very hardened terrorists or criminals, why are you releasing them um, is, is, a, is a big question. And nobody's really talking about the Houthi rebels. They're not talking about the fact that, hey, this organization is growing. They recently flew an F-5 aircraft, a MiG-29, over top of, um, of a parade. Uh, they have uh, very recently used the Helo-Born Special Forces and taken over the Galaxy, which was a uh, – a vessel that's operated by the Japanese and owned by an Israeli um, uh, wealthy man. And, and so when you're looking at the increase in capability here, uh, it's, it's very concerning. Again, it all gets back to deterrence. Um, why is it that these countries feel emboldened? And I believe they feel emboldened because they look at Ukraine and they look at what happened there. They look at Afghanistan. They look at what happened there. And now they're looking at Syria, Lebanon. Um, this issue in um, in uh, Israel with Hamas, et cetera. You're looking at what's not happening with the Houthi rebels and going, okay, it looks like it's uh, it's open season on the United States right now, and they're not going to do a whole lot to you if you schwack their bases, et cetera. Yeah. You know, and also, you know, what I think about uh, uh, Dr. Parker, and of course, he is the CEO of Parker Maritime Technologies, also former U.S. Naval officer. I think about how different it was under Trump. Uh, Trump, when they went after him, remember it was that U.S. contractor who was killed? He sent a missile to Soleimani. 
uh, you know, the head of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard. He sure got the message. Yeah, Salomani didn't do that again. Yeah, he wasn't around to do that for sure. And boy, did it send yeah, a message. They knew exactly where he was, you know? Sure. Just go back. I mean, I just did a piece on the uh, on the loss of uh, Rosalind Carter uh, and my heart's out to that family. And, of course, uh, President Carter as well. Um, and and, and they're, they're good people have done some good things uh, for this country and for this world. But when you look at the exchange of what happened when Carter left and how the Iranians responded when Reagan came in, you have to have something like that happening here soon or else we're going to continue to see these kinds of strikes against the United States. And I, um, I fear that it will elevate. And we don't know how many Hamas and others are in this country now from uh, uh, the poorest borders that we have. Yeah, absolutely. You know, John, one of my favorite uh, Trump moments was when uh, he was dealing with the Taliban leader and the Taliban leader was talking about doing something. And he says, you know what, uh, let me show you a picture. And he shows him a picture and it was of the Taliban leader's home. And he said, suddenly, the Taliban leader kind of backed off. It was like, uh-oh, he knows where I yeah, live. Yeah, something happens, uh, that home with your family in it, in it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, it's a little bit. And suddenly, they uh, he got his way, uh, President Trump. This, that's how these people understand. It's uh, peace through strength. Uh, Dr. Parker, we thank you so much for being here on Thanksgiving. We really, really appreciate you all through the year and, and give thanks to you and your family on this day. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you very day. much. Thank you. And to you, too. And it's always a pleasure. Thanks for what you're doing on your show. Thank you. Thank you.